Fox's Home Improvement is on the air with your host, Jim Dutton. Mr. Jim Dutton, you are a riot. Call Jim now for advice, tips, and ways to save you money and time on your home improvement. 800-288-9227. That's 800-288-WBAP. Brought to you by Due West Foundation Repair. When you want the best, call Due West. Sunburst Shutters, where beauty meets energy efficiency. Advent Air, the comfortable solution. More plumbing supplies, bath and kitchen show place. Yeah, I'm called to speak to the great one on home repair. <laughs> America's Choice Windows, with 10 windows for just $36.80. Carrier, the official air conditioning and heating system of Texas Home Improvement. Ace Hardware, the helpful place. FoamMyWalls.com, wall foam insulation for existing homes. Cadell Electric Services, for all of your electrical needs. Dallas Bath and Glass, frameless shower doors. Texas Remodel Team, your complete solution for home renovations. U.S. Tree Care, give your trees the care they need. And now, broadcasting live from the floor in the core studios, here's Jim Dutton. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement, your total home improvement source. Got a home improvement question? Hey, that's what I'm here to help you out with at 1-800-288-9227. Any home improvement question you have is fair game, but we're going to start off with something a little different today because we're going to talk tree care first. And, you know, I got Matt Latham on from U.S. Tree Care. And when I have Matt on, I always like to take calls. So if you've got questions about your trees... This is a great time to call 1-800-288-9227. That's 1-800-288-9227. A lot of people don't realize this is the time of year that you really want to be taking care of your trees to have them ready for spring. So if you've got some trees that you've been you know, questioning or thinking about or needing to get taken care of, again, now's the time to call in 1-800-288-9227. I want to thank More Plumbing Supplies, Bath and Kitchen Showplace for taking care of this portion of Texas Home Improvement. You know, the Bath and Kitchen Showplace, that's the place that you can go beyond the box stores because they have just all kinds of great things, whether it's tubs, toilets, water heaters, faucets, fixtures. I mean, you name it. More Plumbing Supplies, Bath and Kitchen Showplace. Now, to find locations near you, go to bkshowplace.com. And with that, Matt, welcome to Texas Home Improvement again. Thanks a lot, Jim. Great to great to be on. Well, how have you been doing? Oh man, I've been doing fantastic. We've uh, just been enjoying another day at the office the past few days, up in the tree, my office for the view. <laughs> so. Yeah, your view changes every day, doesn't it? It really does. And and you know, some days we get the brick and brick and mortar view. Some days we get to, to look up over over a nice peaceful nature scene, which was the past couple of days we've been uh kind of down towards the south portion of Dallas and just beautiful rolling hills and and uh and just, just beautiful views all over. So Well again, real quick for everybody, this is Matt Latham with US Tree Care. And uh, if you've got a question about your trees in your yard, because let's face it, trees are a huge part of our landscaping and can really add a lot of value to a home as well. And if you've got questions on those trees, 1-800-288-9227. Give us a call and we'll see what we can do to help you out here on Texas Home Improvement. But Matt, let, let's start with this because, you know, a lot of times people forget about their trees and stuff at this time of year. Everybody's got in their head that, well, I, it comes spring, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing with my trees. And that's usually not necessarily the best time to do it, is it? 
Oh man, sometimes that could be the absolute worst time to do it. Uh, what happens is is the tree. Think of it like a bank account. So if we go in and we we invest a bunch of money into our savings account or or, or spending account or uh, an investment account, something like that, and then we go and all of a sudden our we go and ex- expend all this money, and then that money goes to waste, right? Who would do that? Who would go and invest in an account what we know is going to lose money, right? That doesn't make sense. So I don't know the U.S. Uh, government does it every day with our money, but that—I'm that, oh, sorry—that's a different show. Let's we'll, we'll keep going. That's right. So the way I like to look at it is in financial terms because it makes sense to a lot of us. So if I go and and I invest in let's say a car and I lose twenty percent right off the bat, so. Uh, trees are much the same way. So they're storing everything in the, in the bank account, in their heartwood and in the root system. And that's kind of the, the analogy I'm going to make here is they're storing it over the winter. And then all of a sudden it says, hey, we've got to invest into this account. Okay, so we've, it's time to invest in oil, for example. So we go and we pour all this money into it. And then all of a sudden we come in and do something, make a bad decision and lose all that money. And that's exactly what happens when you go and put in the, in the springtime. And of course, psychologically, we're all outdoors during the spring. So we see the trees, we say, hey, we need to do this. It's a little counterintuitive, but let's say I'm a tree and I just spent all this energy putting out new leaves, new growth for, for the new growing season. And then all of a sudden you come on, come out and chop it all off. Well, two things happen. It's A, you just wasted all those resources that the tree used to put out. And B, the tree hadn't had time to recuperate from that by... Uh, using the leaves to produce photosynthates, carbohydrates, sugars, things like that, that it's going to need to survive and eat and, and, and things like that. So uh, it's it's really very frivolous if you go and prune, especially immediately after a growth spurt like that. You can really do some damage. So okay. that's why we say winter is the best time is because right now there are not a lot of resources in the end of the upper canopy right now. And so it's all down in the root system and in the heart tissue. So if we go and prune a limb, well, it's like if we lose money in an account, but we already moved all the resources to a different account. We didn't lose. We're just much. basically closing the account instead of instead of just wasting all those resources. That's exactly right, Jim. Okay. Uh, if you got a question, one eight hundred two eight eight nine two two seven. We'll see what we can do to help you out with your tree questions here on Texas Home Improvement. Uh, Matt, the other thing that I wanted to ask about, because spring is also when everybody wants to start planting trees. Is that the right yeah. time of year? It can be, but not necessarily. It, it really depends. Okay. So again, uh, think of it like a, like a bank account. You don't want to waste resources. So let's say there's two different, well, really three different types. Here in Texas, we really only have two different types of trees to plant. We have container grown and we have ball and burlap. Well, if a ball and burlap tree is planted, what happens is they actually go and they sever all of the roots. They grow it in the ground, and then they cut the roots in that nice little spade shape, if you will. And then because of that, if we go and plant it during the summer or during the spring, rather, uh, the, the tree just lost a bunch of roots, and it has to make up for uh, all the resources that it needs to produce all the, the new leaves for the springtime, right? right? Um, so what happens is you sever the roots. Well, we just lost all those resources again. And so spring may not be the best time to plant. Whereas if you have a container grown tree, it keeps all of its root system. They don't go in and they don't dig out the root system. They just grow it in that planted, that little planter, the pot, and then you go and take it out. Now, 
container grown trees do have their problems as well. You've got girdling roots, uh, encircling roots, things like that. But for the most part, you know, you, they're a little better option to plant during the springtime than is a ball of burlap tree, just because you're not losing any of the root system. You get to retain that. Okay. Well, let's uh, try out the phones again at 1-800-288-9227. Dennis, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, Dennis. Uh, thank you. Howdy, y'all. Hey, uh, I've got I've got a live oak tree that's planted between my driveway and my house, mm-hmm. and it's about eighteen inches in diameter. And the space between that uh, driveway and house is about uh, fifteen foot or so. Mm-hmm. It's uh, centered midway, and now I've got uh, my roots on the live oak tree raising up my driveway. Is there any uh-huh. alternative to? That besides cutting the tree down and uh, living with my raised up driveway. Sure. Are you uh, are you familiar with root barriers by chance? Uh, not really. Okay. So so there's a, a root barrier is very simply it's it it you know you can take the name and and be able to pretty much tell what a root barrier is. It's a barrier against roots. And there's two different types out there. There's polycarbonate root barriers. And there's root barriers with actual herbicide that redirects the root system. Depending on what it is, typically the polycarbonate root root barriers, what we do is we actually go in and we sever the roots. And then we cut them or we we place that root barrier in between the driveway. And we usually want to do that at least three feet away from there. And so you say 15 feet, that's really cutting it pretty close. Uh, It might not be the best option, but if the goal is to save the tree, then it might be the only option, if you will, is to go in there and place a root barrier. That will prevent the, the roots from growing into it. They will eventually get there, though. Research has proven that they'll actually grow down up to five to six feet in di- or below the surface level, grow around that root barrier to get to the other side, if you will. And so it's, it's not necessarily the best option, but given the circumstances, it may be, you know, in, in your case. Okay. That's definitely an option. The other one is, is like I said, the bio, we call it BioBarrier is one of the brands out there. And what that does is it produces an herbicide. It's a little shorter term, but it actually produces that herbicide. So as the herbicide is produced, it sinks down. It leaches down through the soil. So that might give you a little better protection, especially being right there. And then maybe backing that up with like a polycarbonate or a plastic root barrier um, would be the, the the combination might be a really good option to kind of redirect those roots away from the area. Is that Matt, how deep do you normally go with your root barriers? Yeah, you know, typically, and it depends on the situation. If it's a driveway, we 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 look at that a lot differently than we do a uh, foundation. Obviously, the driveway is is not nearly as found, as valuable, if you will, as your your house. So, next to a house, we might go a little bit deeper. Typically, we go two to three feet. Mm-hmm. And that is typically sufficient to keep them away long enough to where we can get the job done that we need to. Um, they do okay. make root barriers as, as deep as five foot. So there's options there as well. So if you really wanted to make it bulletproof, you can go much deeper. Dennis, okay, you got well, any other questions on that? Well, that'll eliminate uh, the growth of that those roots, but they'll go below that root barrier under the driveway and uh, outside into my yard then. So it wouldn't harm the tree necessarily. Well, the severing of the roots would. And again, we're in winter. So if you're going to do anything, it's a really good time to do that. You want to minimize it as much as possible. But 
obviously, given the, the location, you've only got 15 feet of space in there, so seven and a half feet on each side. So there's not a lot of room to work with. But, okay. yeah, so you're going to have to sever some major roots. What you definitely want to do is get on some sort of a plant health care program to go along with the root barrier because you're going to damage the roots so much. You want to make sure that you're giving it the proper nutrients and everything to make sure that it has plenty of resources to grow during the, during the growing season. Okay. That makes sense? Okay. Yeah, sure does. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Dennis, yeah, good luck with that. All right. You bet. Merry Christmas to y'all. Merry Christmas you to you as well. Thanks, 250 strands of light. I told you you had too many plugs in one outlet. Merry Christmas from Texas Home Improvement. Here's more with Jim Dutton. Hey, and I want to thank Adventair, the comfortable solution for taking care of this portion of Texas Home Improvement. Now, we are talking trees right now. We are going to get into regular calls as well. But if you got a home improvement question, in particular trees at this moment, 1-800-288-9227. I've got Matt Latham on from U.S. Tree Care. And if you want to call them, 214 214- 578-1678 is the number. But right now you can simply talk to Matt here on the radio at 1-800-288-9227. Matt, you ready to take yep. another call? Absolutely. Let's do it. Lynn in Eastland, welcome to WBAP. What can I do for you? Uh, yes, sir, Jim. I enjoy your show. It's a, it's a, it's a nice program. Appreciate the, all the help you do. Uh, what I've got is I've, I bought a house that's in a in a housing addition that has uh, several post oak trees in it. And uh, my front yard probably has about 15 or 20 post oak trees. Some mm-hmm. of them are larger, some of them are smaller. Uh, but but at the bottom, well, not at the very bottom, but about waist high or so, there's several of them or two or three of them that has, uh, looks like almost dead spots in the bark itself. But the tree okay. is really really lush and everything. I mean, it leaves out good and and uh, leaves out really good. I've just been raking leaves for a while, but uh, but anyway, there. I, I I just need to know what to do about this bark. It looks like it's got dead spots on it. Now, when when you say dead spots, uh, just qualify that for me. What, what what do you mean by that? Is, it, is there any discoloration? Does it look like maybe somebody hit it with a lawnmower? Uh, no, no, it's their fungal it's spot. About waist high. It's about waist high, and it and it's uh, and it's just discolored. I guess you would it would be the best way to describe it. It just don't look as uh, dark as the rest of it. It's a lighter color, you know. Okay. And is it like a, when you say a lighter color? Is it like a white lighter color, or is it like the same color, just a little bit lighter? Just a little bit lighter. It's not white. It's 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 a real. I mean, it's a gray, but it's uh, but it's not as dark as the rest of the tree. And it starts waist high. It doesn't start at the ground and work its way up to waist high. Correct. That's what it looks like. Yes, sir. It's, it's that, very you know, unusual. What it sounds like is some sort of mechanical damage. Uh, maybe somebody came in. You said you just bought the property, right? Yes. Okay, so maybe somebody came in and, and were working back there doing something, and they, they hit it with a lawnmower. How many of it would you say? What percentage? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a very small percentage, but, uh, but, but some of them are larger and some of them are smaller. But I got you. 
Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like anything to – if you're not seeing fungal fruiting bodies and things like that, it's just a little discoloration. Okay. You should okay. be okay. It, to me, and, and this is without seeing it, obviously, it looks – it sounds like it's, it's maybe some sort of mechanical damage. Um, the best thing to do is, is to take care of the tree. Trees are a lot like you and I. If we take care of ourselves, get the right amount of sleep, uh, eat properly, you know, don't eat McDonald's for every meal, then, uh, you know, not throw anybody under the bus. But, you know, we, we take care of ourselves. Our bodies are really, really good at taking care of themselves. Uh, and trees are no different. They're, they're built for survival. And so as long as you take care of the tree, and what I mean by that is mulching, fertilization, you know, make sure there's not too much dirt up against the, the root flares, burying the root flares, things like that. And, of okay. course, a good arborist will, will be able to help you determine, you know, what the state of the trees are. So as long as you're taking care of them, the trees should start to do what we call compartmentalizing, which is where they seal over that wound. And you'll see a different colored kind of new growth. It'll look like a little rounded bulge that starts to form on all the sides. And when you start to see that, are you seeing that yet or no? No. Okay. So it's, it does sound like it was really recent then. And, you know, it could have been animals. It could have been deer. It could have been fevers, you know, for that matter. There's, there's a ton of things that could have happened. But the important thing is, is that they're taken care of health-wise, and they should start to compartmentalize and seal that wound. Okay. Uh, once you get that wound sealed, you're good. And there's some products like and, Balm, uh, and Matt, Relax. Yeah. The music means we're taking a break for news, traffic, Alrighty. and weather, so I'm, I'm going to have to, to stop you there. If you want to get in touch with Matt Great. Latham at U.S. Tree Care, give him a call at 214-578-1678. That's 214-578-1678. If you got a tree question, we're going to hold Matt on for one more segment, 1-800-288-9227. That's 1-800-288-9227. Texas, the only place you can experience four seasons in two days. Merry Christmas from Texas Home Improvement. Here's Jim Dutton. Oh, giddy up, giddy up. Well, ain't no call four seasons in two days. You can go from swimming in the pool having snow on the ground the next day and back to 70 degrees the day after that. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. Hey, this portion of Texas Home Improvement is brought to you by Ace Hardware, the helpful place. Now, we're talking with Matt Latham from U.S. Tree Care, and we're talking about trees. Uh, so if you got a tree question, this is a great time to call 1-800-288-9227. Let's talk with John and Trophy Club. How can we help you? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I, I appreciate it. Uh, just moved into a, a new home, new home construction. Um, the builders, of course, planted two uh, leaf-bearing twigs in my front yard, and my wife and I want to uh, put two trees uh, in, the, in the backyard for shade and for privacy between the neighbors. Just wondering uh, when I, I heard... I just turned on uh, when you were talking about uh, planting in the spring. Is is now not a good time to plant? Should we wait till the spring? When? What's your suggestion on that? No, you're Dad, definitely. I'll let you address off. it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely better off planting right now, uh, regardless of whether it's a ball and burlap tree or a uh, or container crown tree. Right now is the best time to do most tree things, including pruning, fertilization, planting, things like that. Anything you do is going to cause less stress right now. But what we were talking about was it's actually okay to plant a container-grown tree pretty much any time of year. And if you do it right, you really can plant a ball and burlap tree anytime. You're just going to have a little more transplant shock 
and you're going to have more maintenance involved if you do it like but a for a faster time start time. Th this is the time of year to do it correct matt exactly that's a great time okay and the i heard you talking about uh the container grown uh trees sometimes having uh, uh root um issues um and so is that uh, should i do a, a ball and burlap as opposed to a container tree no. for um health and you know, honestly, I prefer planting uh, container-grown trees. What we do okay. when we plant them, and this is according to ANSI standards, some of the newer updated standards, is we'll actually break up the root ball on the edges and pull those roots around. What they do is they get to the edge of the container and they start wrapping around the tree. And that's a bad thing, obviously, but we'll actually cut into that outer edge and pull the roots out, and any girdling roots, anything that's wrapping around the trunk, we'll address that then, uh, either get rid of it or plan to get rid of it at a later time so uh there are issues there but they're very very easily addressed and easily fixed okay wonderful thanks so much Great. for taking my call and hope you guys have a merry christmas you, you as too. well john. john merry christmas thanks bye-bye and, and if anybody wants to call u.s tree care direct their their office number is 214-578-1678 bryce welcome to texas home improvement well, thanks for having me. How are y'all? Doing wonderful. Hey, okay. uh, I got a non-tree question. Is that all right? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so I just got this, this old house, and uh, we had some renters in it before, and now uh, it smells like a Marlboro factory in that house, and I was wondering how to get rid of that smell. Well, typically the best way to do that is you're going to have to repaint the walls. Clean well, them first. It's going to stay, but you got to use a sealer on them, and that's what I was going to say. You got to clean them first, then you got to use a primer sealer to just basically you're sealing in all that tar and nicotine smell that's that's been put into that sheetrock, and then paint. Oh, it. oh Lord. Okay, all right. And there isn't like a way to fumigate or nothing. Well, there's ozonation systems that you could bring in just like they use on a on a house that's burned uh -huh. but that can get expensive as well okay all right well thank y'all very much you bet take care bryce dean in dallas welcome to wbap thank you very much thanks for having me on um you bet i have a i have a question about some uh rather large uh oak trees that are on a lot up near uh, texoma Mm -hmm. that we're planning we're planning to build on this lot and these trees are magnificent they're, i don't know i'm guessing they're 100 years old and and of course they've never been trimmed and mm -hmm. they have huge branches sticking out maybe 30 40 feet in every direction and wow. before you gotta stop salivating now matt he, he, let, let yeah. him finish his question <laughs> yeah <laughs> go ahead so the question is you know before we go in there and start building um I, I feel like I need to have a professional tree person in there, and obviously we have to have these things trimmed. Um, but, it, you know, I don't want just the average uh, tree trimmer to go in there and start trimming because I want to make sure that this is done properly. Good call. You can uh, you can do so much damage by, by just pruning incorrectly. And usually when I come in to, a, to, a, to take care of a tree that's been pruned incorrectly, it can take us sometimes 10 years just to get it back to a, a state of normalcy. Um, yeah. so that's, that's a very good call. 
Now, Dean, are you are you planning on planting the house or building the house next to the trees? Yes. So that's the okay. other issue is how close to the trees do we dare go, uh, you know, with the foundation? Because there's going to be, um, there'll be, uh, you know, there, there's a limited amount of space on the lot. But I think, you know, if we're, if we're 20 feet away, is that going to be sufficient? And, you know, I just don't know. Well, the, the general rule of thumb is the further away, the better. Um, your root system can actually grow up to five times, and this is mostly feeder roots, not necessarily the supporting roots, but up to five times the radius of the drip line, which is that imaginary line that goes from the edge of the canopy down to the ground. Wow. That would cover so, the whole lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's not feasible, obviously, to, to just not plant a house there. You've got to have a place to live. So what we recommend doing in, in – Anytime you're doing construction, construction guys and tree guys do not get along because what they'll do is they'll go in and they'll just drive their bulldozers, their, their bobcats, their heavy machinery, back trees into the trunk, you know, things right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Matt, come on. Let's be real. That tree is there so we can tie stuff to it to while we're pulling right. the house up. I mean, come on. Yeah, you, you tie the load and then you drive the truck off, right? That way it, it drops yeah. off and you don't have to unload it. Hey, I get that. And, and so what we do is we actually have a tree protection zone. Anytime we're coming to, uh, to do like a pre-construction job, we'll actually mm-hmm. go over a job briefing with all of the construction guys that are on site and make sure everybody's on the same page with how sensitive the roots are, how sensitive the trunk is, things like that. So we try to get everybody on board uh, and everybody working as a team to protect the tree because, let's face it, you can't replace those 100-year-old trees. No, exactly. Uh, and, the biggest impact is going to be the root system. They're going to have trucks and people all driving and walking over it, and it's going to compact that soil, which depletes the oxygen level in the soil. And trees mm-hmm. need oxygen, obviously. So something you might consider doing is having mulch brought in to cover the entire root zone, obviously to get an arborist out to set up barriers and things like that and set up good game plans. But you're, you're on the right track. Um, you definitely want to plan to protect the trees during throughout the construction process because those guys will do damage and you will not see it for three to five years later and then all of a sudden you'll just look back and say man what happened to my tree right yeah and, and you've got a removal instead of a a, a nice beautiful tree so yeah really okay. important and, and like i said you're on the right track definitely and and we'd love to help you out with it ourselves uh, okay. but if we can't help you out definitely find a good arborist to, to pre-plan and make sure that those trees are, are taken care of throughout the process okay well, well and we'll, and yeah. and if you want to call us tree care the, mm-hmm. uh, matt's number is 214-578-1678 and i want to remind everybody you know this is the ideal time of year for tree pruning planting all the things that you really want to get done to your trees this is the time of year that you want to have them done Matt of U.S. Tree Care, he's a degreed certified arborist. And I really haven't brought that up on the show here. You know, him mm-hmm. and his guys, they'll take the time to look at the trees, examine them, make sure that the, the trees are really healthy. And if they're not, let's put a plan together to fix the trees. So, again, if you want to give Matt and his guys a call, 214-578-1678. And they're online at U.S. Tree Care dot com and uh matt we got to take a quick break we'll be right back with more texas home improvement may your home be greatly improved in the coming year and we're here to help merry christmas from texas home improvement here's jim dutton 
Hey, and this portion of Texas Home Improvement is made possible by Floor & Decor. They have the best selection, best prices, and expert advice on all your hard floor needs. Right now we're talking uh, trees here on Texas Home Improvement, but in the next, we're going to be uh, taking regular calls again here in, in a few minutes. But Brian, what can we do for you? Yeah, I've got a uh, older house. Uh, it's probably about 60, well, it's built in the mid-50s. Uh, I've got a lot of cedar elms and uh, oak trees there. And in the cedar elms, I've got uh, mistletoe growing in it. And I've got a lot of uh, got a lot of wood ants, too. Is that a big concern? Well, I'm going to bring Matt on from U.S. Tree Care. And Matt, go ahead. Okay, yeah, The so in, re- in reference to the ants, Typically, no. All right. There are a, a couple. There's one different one species of I can't remember if it's ants or termites that will attack green living tissue. For the most part, they're going to be internal. They're going to attack the dead wood, any kind of cavity, things like that. And that's where they're going to make their home. So the ants you're probably OK with uh, if, if you really just have to get rid of them because you've got kids playing around or, or anything like that. Uh, that's certainly an option. You're not going to hurt the tree by spraying a little chemical and get rid of those. As far as okay. the mistletoe goes, uh, this is actually we, we've talked about this several times, haven't we, Jim? Oh yeah. And uh, and and I love the commercial that was planned just a minute ago. Uh, was that nobody's business? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> the actual the the word mistletoe, and I'm going to bring up a kind of crap. Matt, you're not here. spreading mistletoe up in the tree, are you? I'm not. No. <laughs> No, Since you're bringing up the nobody's business thing, you know, I, right. I just check and I just want to make sure. No, we uh, no, we we take care of that a little more discreetly. But the <laughs> so so mistletoe, the word actually derives from Old English Saxon. It's two words: it's mistel and tongue, which mistel means feces and tongue means on a stick. So the word mistletoe literally means, uh, for lack of better terms, poo on a stick. Right. So we want to get rid of that. We don't want that in your tree. Uh, what it is, it's a parasitic plant and it actually roots itself into the vascular tissue of the tree and it just sucks all the nutrient out as the tree pushes that up to the to the canopy to, to feed the tree so it's definitely a problem it's it's somewhat difficult to get rid of but there's a couple of ways that you can get rid of it permanently and not have to deal with it the first way is is with a uh, a chemical treatment called florel which you can either spray that on an individual basis on each sprig by climbing up and, and accessing it to it. Um, and, and I say you, I mean a professional with ropes and harnesses, of course. We want to make sure you're nice and safe, but unless they're low to the ground. The other way is by actually cutting the mistletoe away from the tree and then spraying that wound with a water-based latex paint, something that's going to be non-toxic to the tree, but will block the sunlight from getting to it. And the reason being is mistletoe does photosynthesize, so it produces its own food, but it steals the nutrients that it needs, nitrogen, things like that, from the tree itself. Okay. So absolutely get rid of the mistletoe. The ants, not so much a big deal. Uh, If it's a bother to you, get rid of them. Feel free to do that. Neem oil, by the way, works great with that as well. Uh, But definitely get rid of the, the, the... uh, the mistletoe and the cedar elms, because that will cause problems later on. So, uh, seeing how a lot of it's up about 70 foot high, I guess that's something I would need to, <laughs> to hire somebody to, to do. You need you Absolutely. need to give Matt a call at U.S. Tree Care, 214-578-1678, and 
you'll be amazed when he comes out and starts climbing up in that tree what these guys can do. And okay. with that, that music means i got to take a quick break. Brian, appreciate your call. Have a Merry Christmas. And again, Thanks, Brian. we've been talking with Matt Latham from U.S. Tree Care, 214-578-1678. We'll be right back. May your best Christmas memories be made in Texas. Happy holidays from Texas Home Improvement. Merry Texas Christmas, you all. This portion of Texas Home Improvement is brought to you by Cadell Electric. For all your electrical needs, 214-329-4567. Online at cadellelectric.com. And uh, we've been talking with Matt Latham from U.S. Tree Care. And uh, if you want to call Matt, 214-578-1678 would be the number. Matt, I got one more person on hold. We got to do this one real quick, though, because we only got about a minute left. Sharon, what can we do for you? Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I moved in. I bought a home in Pflugerville. And uh, the previous owner planted uh, sago palms and fan palms around my pool and hot tub. And uh, when they when, when I first moved into the home, they were small, and uh, I didn't think anything of it. But now, after being here a number of years, they're really large, and uh, they are extending over into the pool. And I'm wondering, do they have shallow roots? Uh, how can I? What can I do with them? Is there a place that I can donate them or, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that sort of thing. And also I have a question about two of the sago palms have, like, their prawns, like, grown over in the middle, and there's, like, the big, like, veiny kind of things with the little coconuts in the mm-hmm. middle of them. Mm-hmm. What, what, that well, let, let's start Let's start with the first question about the roots okay. and stuff. Can they – Can yeah. what do you got to do to move them and stuff? Yeah. Okay, so – so sago palms, actually all palms, are genetically closer to a grass, believe it or not. Uh, we call them monocotyledons. Um, what happens on a sago or on a palm's root system, the roots will get big, but generally, generally speaking, when you cut them, they will actually die back all the way to the trunk. It's not like a tree where they'll re-sprout and start growing from that cut point. They will actually regrow so does it, directly. And that music means i got to stop. Does that yeah. mean it's going to kill the tree if you move it? It might. Uh, but it might not. It's, it's okay, Sharon, I'm going to ask you, give Matt Latham a call at U.S. Tree Care uh, after hours, and or after after the show, and he can help you out, 214-578-1678. And welcome to Texas Home Improvements, your total home improvement source. Hey, I'm Jim Dutton here to help you out. Any home improvement question you have, pick up the phone, give me a call at one 800 288 Nine two two seven. That's one eight hundred two eight eight nine two two seven. And hey, I'll see what I can do to help you out here on Texas Home Improvement. Again, that's any question. Whether you're dealing with a contractor, doing the project yourself, thinking about a project, doesn't matter. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. One eight hundred two eight eight nine two two seven. And uh, this portion of Texas Home Improvement is being made possible by Matt Latham of U.S. Tree Care. I'm, I'm telling you, if you need a tree care company, U.S. Tree Care is a company to call. Don't let some Jake leg come out and cut your trees, pass diseases around your trees and things like that. Call truly a degreed certified arborist of U.S. Tree Care to come out 
and take care of your problems. 214-578-1678. Whether it's just a light trimming you need or a complete removal of the tree, U.S. Tree Care can help. All righty. Again, if you got a home improvement question, now's the time to call 1-800-288-9227. That's 1-800-288-9227. Don't forget, you can also check out our website, thipro.com. That's thipro.com. There you'll find all kinds of helpful information, things that we're doing, where we're going to be, when we're going to be, uh, as well as a spot where you can sign up for our newsletter that goes out every other week. In fact, it just went out yesterday again on the upper right-hand corner. Uh, again, that's all available at thipro.com. And I do want to give everybody a, a, a little update. Um, you know, we had a, a, a fundraiser for Anna a few weeks back, and uh, I guess about a month ago now. And we've had her banner on the website well Anna has now passed away she had lung cancer and uh, was not able to to survive it and uh, I want to thank everybody who did call in contribute and help out uh, I, I will tell you Anna was just shocked that people who didn't know her would help her but Anna was a very nice person and uh, she really she she uh, Deserved all the the help that she got, and uh, truly, she's gonna gonna be missed. But uh, I just wanted to pass on the the information that Anna did did pass away. Uh, at this point, though, if you got a home improvement question, now's the time to pick up the phone and give me a call, and we will talk some home improvement here at one eight hundred two eight eight nine two two seven. That's one eight hundred two eight eight nine two two seven. Again, any home improvement question you have. Pick up the phone, give me a call, and I will see what I can do to help you out here on Texas Home Improvement. Now, Christmas lights. You know, I know we're getting to the season now. We're not long before we're going to be taking them down again. When you take your Christmas lights down and you're getting ready to package them up, a couple of quick tips to make it a little easier for undoing them again next year. Don't just take it down, ball it up, and shove it in a box. Then you got a big knot to untie next year. When you take them down, take the time to, to truly coil it up and then wrap the coil on the outside with the, the, left, the last little about 12 inches of line around to tie that one group together. That way they'll all stay nice and separate. They don't get tangled up. Real easy to open them up and reuse them next year. And that's whether it's the ones you've got on your Christmas tree or the house, the house lights, doesn't matter. It makes it so much easier to pull them out. Now, if you've got the big uh, net-type ones over the bushes, there's a couple of ways that you can make it easy for pulling those out because they can tend to get twisted up as well. One of the easiest, though, is take a piece of PVC pipe and actually roll them up onto the PVC pipe. That way, next year, you just unroll them and they're ready to go again. Uh, it creates a little bit harder time to uh, store them, but not really because now they're they're nice and stackable on those rolls. So just a, a couple of quick little tips on taking care of the Christmas lights. Anyways, again, our number, 1-800-288-9227. That's 1-800-288-9227. 
John, this is Jim. What can I do for you? Well, I've got a 30 by 30 uh, metal garage, and I was wondering if that foam your walls people do the spray on insulation. I'd like to get spray on insulation put inside it. I didn't know if it's something you could rent or whether they do it. Well, spray foam insulation is not a, a do-it-yourself, so I don't know anybody who will rent you the equipment, uh, mostly because the rigs are so expensive and such a maintenance nightmare to keep up with. Uh, <laughs> because okay. it comes it, it comes as a two-part system, and if you mess up and get the two parts mixed together in the wrong place or anything, it expands and seals stuff up. It just creates a mess uh do you have walls inside already or is it open walls it's just a framework with this sheet metal over the top of it okay and the reason i asked that foam my walls is a specialty product made for retrofitting existing walls so if you, you, you it's a non-expansive foam insulation that would fill the cavity if you had something on both inside and out if you're not if you don't have anything on the inside then what you're looking for is just the spray foam insulation uh for that i would tell you call garland insulation okay and uh, they could spray that on for you okay thank you very much you bet have a great weekend and merry christmas you too. merry christmas merry christmas bud bye-bye again 1-800-288-9227 and john i missed uh, bringing up one quick note on that if you're not going to heat and cool the place, there's no point in putting the insulation. Insulation only works in heated and cooled space. And you mentioned this is a shop. If you're going to try to you know, heat it in the winter and stuff like that, then the insulation is great. But if you have no intentions of heating or cooling it, don't use insulation. At that point, you would use a radiant barrier instead. Uh, just a, a side note. And, and for the reason for garages are not insulated is that very reason. We don't heat and cool them. The insulation won't do any good. So if you got a, a shed or a shop or the garage that you want to, in the summer months, cool it down a little bit more, you know, make it more like it's in the shade, use a radiant barrier. You can drop the, the temperature 12 to 15 degrees with a radiant barrier versus using insulation that, yes, in the morning it'll be cooler longer but once the insulation heats up, the temperature is through, you're done. All insulation is, the R factor on insulation is just the resistance factor. In other words, how long is it going to take heat to travel through it? So keep that in mind. Last Christmas, I gave you some pliers to fix all my faucets and cut all my wires. This year, to save me some cash, I'll give to you something special. I'll give you a hacksaw and a brand new drill bit, so you will quit borrowing all of my stuff. This year, you'll get tools of your own, so you can leave my freaking toolbox alone. Merry Christmas from Texas Home Improvement. Here's more with Jim Dutton. 
Hey, this portion of Texas Home Improvement is being made possible by America's Choice Windows, where you can get 10 windows for just $36.80. Give America's Choice Windows a call. Now, if you got a home improvement question, 1-800-288-9227. Any home improvement question you have, pick up the phone, give me a call, and I'm going to see what I can do to help you out here. It's 1-800-288-9227. And, you know, with this time of year, I know a lot of projects get kind of put on the side burners until the holidays are done. You're going to find that after the first of the year, a lot of contractors are going to be busy. I know for myself, we struggle during the holidays to get people to let us do work. We're booked out the first week or two after the holidays with projects already. And I, I typically, beyond that, we take the contracts and we say we'll call you as we get a week or two out to schedule it because uh, you know weather and everything can move the projects later anyways once it starts raining we can't do the job so it's it's critical that you work with your contractors on getting your projects scheduled and completed and in doing so let me please please try to stress to you be nice with your contractors. You know, a lot of times people think, well, I'll just, I'm going to tell him how things are going to be. That's not how you get things done with contractors. Most contractors are guys who are working with their hands and doing these things because they don't like being told how to do stuff. They want to take care of things on their own. And if you come back at them real harsh, they're going to have less less desire to help you with your problem. And they're going to try to dig their heels in. And I'm just giving you some tips now of how to get more out of your contractors. Go and be nice with the contractor. Uh, you know, answer their questions when they have questions. If, if a problem comes up, and let me tell you, with construction, problems are going to come up. Work with them to deal with the problem rather than yelling at them, and they will work with you to get the problem fixed as well. And that can save you a ton of money. Because it, let me tell you, where most contractors make money, change orders. And you want to minimize the change orders on your project. You won't do that by yelling at them. You'll do that by being nice with them. And when you're nice with them, a lot of times they'll just kind of throw some of that stuff in. Just a little side note of how to deal with your contractors for the upcoming year. 1-800-288-9227. You know, it works for other people, too. Your moms used to tell us, uh, let's face it, you get more done with honey. Remember? Huh? Hmm? Huh? Okay. Let's move on. Tyrone, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you so much, sir. I know you hear my question a lot, but I'm in Dallas, Texas. I have an all-electric two-story house. I've had the free home inspections, and they did all the ceiling and everything possible. The house was built in 2006, so it's got, you know, the latest equipment. What can I do in my attic? I've heard radiant barrier, but you only use the radiant barrier if you increase your fiberglass insulation, the stuff they blow in. They should increase that to a 50, the R factor, and do the radiant barrier both. And if I don't do both, then I'm going to get no benefit from either. Ah, uh, that's somebody feeding you a line. Let me tell you, I in my house, 
I'm a 3,000 square foot house. The house was built in 73, so it leaks like a sieve. And in my attic, a third of my attic has no insulation in it at all. All I have is a radiant barrier. And I'm like you. I'm running an all-electric home. My electric bills in the summer months run me roughly $200. In the winter months, obviously, depending on how cold it is, will depend on how the heater kicks in. I do use a heat pump on my system, and so that cuts my electric down a lot. But when you get down into the low 30s, into the 20s, the heat pump goes off and, and you're on strip heat as a backup heat. That does run the electric bill up. But no, a radiant barrier works wonderful regardless of how much insulation you have. The one I use is called Energy Q Radiant Barrier. In fact, if you want to take a look at it online, go to energy, the letter Q, dot com, and uh, that'll give you some great information on radiant barriers. But a lot of companies will tell you, oh, well, you got to have both because, you know, depending on the radiant barrier they're putting in, if they're doing a spray-in radiant barrier, those are not as effective as a foil barrier but they go in a lot quicker and easier. So they'll put those in, blow in a bunch of insulation, and say, look how great this all worked together. Well, I only have a 19R factor now. Is that enough? No, the recommended uh, amount in Texas is basically an R39, which is about 15 inches of insulation. Uh, but like I said, I don't have insulation in a good chunk of my house, and where I do, I've only got about four inches. So, no, it, it there are the old energy codes called for all this insulation, the, and it really the energy codes don't take radiant barriers into account at all. It's really time the energy codes get updated. Uh, I had one guy who listened to what I said about the radiant barriers. He, did a, he built a house where he didn't use any insulation. He put two layers of radiant barrier, one outside, one inside. And he's run an electric bill under $100. So radiant barriers work wonderfully by themselves, but you got to use the foil-type barrier. And Tyrone, that music means i got to take a break for news traffic and weather. We'll be back with more Texas Home Improvement. Here's the short answer with the real estate expert, Todd Tremonti. Hey, folks, this is Todd Tremonti with Market Experts Realty and the Todd Tremonti Home Selling Team. And you may be thinking to yourself as a homeowner or a potential homeowner in the DFW market right now, where's the opportunity? You've heard that it's a hot market. You've heard that homes are selling quickly. You've heard us talk about selling houses at incredibly high prices. Well, there's a few places left where there's still a deal to be had. The market's hot really everywhere. But if you're thinking about buying or you're thinking about maybe even investing, you know, the far edges of the Metroplex are still really great opportunities, certainly out to the Northeast in the Wiley, Saxe, Murphy, Parker, even Lucas and Levon areas. There are still some opportunities to buy at home at a fairly reasonable purchase price where there may or may not be, you know, eight or nine offers on it. It's a slightly slower pace and there's still opportunity and prices are rising, maybe not quite as rapidly as other areas, but that's a safer place to buy. It's a great place to invest. We're three, four, five years down the road. 
road, there's an opportunity for a really, really great return, and you're still able to purchase at a great price now. There's a few other pockets, but that's one to be thinking about. If you have questions about investing or where opportunities are in the marketplace, or really anything else real estate related, give us a call at 214-310-0008. Again, 214-310-0008. Now, back to Jim Dutton on Texas Home Improvement. Hey, this portion of Texas Home Improvement is being made possible by James Hardy, the best siding on the planet. Visit THIPro.com and click on the link to James Hardy Siding. All righty, 1-800-288-9227. Debbie in Saxe, how can we help you? Oh, uh, thank you so much for taking the call. I was wondering if I could get your opinion on a possible um, septic solution. So we have bought a house about four years ago, and it's got a, a grandfathered conventional septic system. And okay. we, it's working fine except for when it rains. And the leach field, we believe, is getting oversaturated. And yep. so the outflow, um, the tank that holds the water before it goes out the pipe, is overflows during that time. And I really don't want to go through another spring. <laughs> yeah. And so I was thinking if we get a new system, it has to be aerobic, which is very expensive. And then I, uh, we had somebody come out and they said, you know, if you do aerobic, you're going to have to um, also dig up the brand-new pool deck you just put in, um, which was rather expensive. Um, or they why, why are you going to have to do that? Well, they said something about that the, the pipes have to be uh, PVC and connected to the house. And right. I guess our, pipe, our house is 40 years old, and the pipes are not up to, I guess, the new coat. Okay. But I'm not 100% sure about that. I think we have to get, like, a... Sanitary engineer or something that right. comes out and does something, but we, and we haven't done that yet. Okay. Uh, this gentleman suggested um, it's got one. We have just one leach field. He suggested putting in a second leach field with a um, T joint. Um, right. I guess we could alternate. We would move to the new leach field, and then but it would include a water pump that would help force the water out of the water tank. And I was wondering what you thought about that because we're new to the whole septic thing okay well i i happen to have i had a septic at my house and i've i have switched over to the aerobic system i think what you're going to find in most areas they won't let you install that new leach field Ooh. uh so you know he maybe is thinking about trying to bootleg it in and if you get caught doing that, man, they're going to instantly shut you down and have you put in an aerobic system. And I'm not saying septic is shut down every place, but if are you within city limits or are you out in the county? City. Yeah. Mo, I don't know of any cities that will allow you to install a new leach field. That doesn't mean there's not one out there. I don't know of any. So I'm betting you're going to be stuck with having to go to an aerobic system when your system quits working. What, have you been putting the microbes into the system to, to try to clear it up that way? Well, I didn't know that we were supposed to do that. So we okay. started. Um, we just started doing the RIDEX in the system. Right. So I think it's too early to tell if it helps. Yeah, it'll it'll take it several months for it to help. Uh, but that can typically buy you a little bit of time. 
Uh, as far as replacing the line underneath the pool deck, does the pool deck go all the way up to the house? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you would end up then if if that line's got to be replaced, you would end up having to tear up the pool deck in order to do it. Uh, I just don't see where most cities are going to let you do anything other than replace that line. Now, one of the things you, you, you can try, and it's not done very often, but what typically happens on those leach fields is the pipe kind of fills up and gets a crust on the outside and doesn't and that crust doesn't allow the liquid to soak out into the soils mm -hmm. if you'll run a snake up through that leach field line that bounces the pipe somewhat it'll sometimes crack that hard layers allowing okay. moisture to soak out again uh, okay. one of the things that they used to do is actually uh put a little bit of dynamite down in there to jar it we can't do that anymore and and the main reason is because it tears things up but the snake can somewhat vibrate it enough to you know allow it to start leaching out again but the bigger thing i would do if i was you i would not try a lot of expensive stuff start setting your money aside because that new aerobic system is going to run you somewhere give or take a little bit of eight thousand dollars and that's before the pool deck redo. So, okay. Okay, so, well, that gives me some ideas, and I really appreciate that. You bet. And I will tell you, once you go to the aerobic system, you'll love it. I mean, it's a I, night, I, it's, I it's, heard, it's like yeah. being hooked up on city, city sewer. It works so much better. Yeah, I have heard nothing but good things about it. Okay, yeah. well. All righty. Debbie, have a Merry thank Christmas you anyways. So much. Merry Christmas. Bye -bye. Thank you. May the foundation of your home be strong and the heart of your home be at peace. Merry Christmas from Texas Home Improvement. Hey, this portion of Sunburst Shutters, this portion, this portion of Texas Home Improvement is brought to you by Sunburst Shutters, where beauty meets energy efficiency, 214-343-2601, or visit sunburstshutters.com. All right, let's get ready and head straight back into the calls at 1-800-288-9227. Randall, welcome to WBAP. Hey, Jim. Uh, I got a question about what well, you get your recommendation. I got a uh, hot water heater that was installed in 2003. That was before I bought the home. It's a professional rim, professional 50-gallon, ever-clean, self-clean hot water heater. Okay. okay. Now, I, ha I haven't had any problem with it. As far as I know, it's heating good and all that. But one of the things I noticed is it's, outside, it's in a closet in the garage, but it does not have a pan underneath it. It's just sitting on the wooden platform and everything. Yep. And it's kind of, I've often wondered, man, am I going to come home one day and this thing is going out? And, it, you know, some of the water, one of the walls would be uh, a kitchen wall, but the other wall is a garage. I was wondering, should I go ahead and replace it, even though it's, as far as I can tell, it's working fine. I've even drained it one 
and uh, it, it did really nothing. Really, was came out the bottom of it. It wasn't like it was had a bunch of rust or nothing in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, uh, if it's in the garage, if it started leaking, the water doesn't spray out into the walls. Normally, the water will come down and just run out underneath. It would so it would drop down onto the garage floor and run out the garage. So if you got boxes or anything like that on the garage floor, yeah, they're going to get wet. Um, the way a water heater is built, there's actually a tank inside that out, outer wall that you see on the water heater. Mm -hmm. So it's a tank, it's insulation, and then the outer shell that you actually see. So even if the tank does develop a leak, it's not spraying out. It's just running down the bottom and out the bottom of the, t of the tank. If it was mine... I would not be replacing it at this time. If I'm not having problems with it, I don't see where it's dripping uh, and everything seems to be working fine. You know what? I really don't care if the water heater is 15 or 20 years old. As long as it's doing what it's supposed to do, keep it. Okay. So they don't just burst out. I mean, at the bottom, they just they start leaking first because I had one in another home where I came home they one day. They can. They can blow out the, you know, and all of a sudden a big gush of water comes out and it's just running water. Uh, mm -hmm. But most of the time what they're going to do is develop a leak first. Okay. And, yeah, if okay. you see that, get that sucker out of there. Right. I most definitely will. Okay. Thank you, Jim. You bet. Take care, Randall. Mm -hmm. 1-800-288-9227. Carol in Denton. What can I do for you? have a radiant barrier does that uh cause the shingles to wear out quicker no ma'am that used to be a when radiant barriers first started hitting the market uh that was one of the things that people you know were trying to say and what they have discovered is it made absolutely no difference at all on the shingles uh you know the original concept was well they think that Oh, it's 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 going to be reflecting the heat back, so it's going to be putting more heat on the shingles. That's not what a radiant barrier does. What a radiant barrier does is actually act as a block and stops the heat from tran transferring any further past it. And so, you know, it, it has zero effect on shingles and such. Oh, okay. All right. I really appreciate that. Not a problem, Carol. You have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Bye now. Bye. And, you know, if, if you go back, radiant barriers, the foil radiant barriers, actually go back to the space travel. Uh, if you go back to the old Apollo missions and stuff, you, you see the old gold, looks like gold aluminum foil around the, the capsules and that. That was the original radiant barriers. Then we went to using aluminum and started using them on houses and stuff, but... You know, people didn't really understand the technology. If everybody had radiant barriers on their homes nowadays, their, the homes would be so much more energy efficient. And really, we could switch a lot of areas where we're using insulation could be switched over to being radiant barriers instead. But our codes don't keep up with that kind of stuff. And even when they do start looking at making those changes, some of the uh, companies who manufacture regular insulation, they have very deep pockets to, to keep the technology codes from changing. But that's, that's time for a different show. Right now, 
we're talking home improvement here on Texas Home Improvement. Got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Everybody, a Merry Christmas. I hope you have a Happy New Year. And, you know, this is the time of year we all start reflecting back on uh, what's going to be coming down the pike next year. And I got to tell you, I think 2016 is going to be a great year for a lot of people. Yeah, I think there's going to be some changes in our economy and things like that due to oil prices. But, you know, Texas is a very strong state and will overcome that and we got a lot of diversification going on in the state and the the thing that we got to remember is it's just the oil exploration part that really should suffer not the the production lines and all that stuff so you know i think it, it's going to be a pretty good 2016 coming up so again have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and don't forget, check out our website, THIPro.com. Dry, hit the game. 